Welcome to the Fair Chase Podcast. It's like, yeah, it's going to be physically it's hard, suck, but, but it's just... also like the best. Later on, that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's, you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the wind. And then you aim high, you play the wind. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on. You brought this up. Yeah. It's because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. Uh, you can save yourself 20% on that stuff. Buy. Ooh, it's a new code. The code TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but yep. they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year, we're going to be running the Mission Platform or the EDP Platform, the EDP. depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah. Nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go yep. check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime the bow that got me to switch back i think i feel like i got you to switch back you did but but i like but it was it's a because big part. of prime shootability shooting your bow their accuracy uh, we're big fans of prime they're michigan company jared's shooting the nexus four. four i'm shooting the nexus two this year go check them out g5prime.com jim and georgia from bivouac bow co make some beautiful bows everything from three-piece takedowns to one-piece wood bows uh, everything's really beautiful Made in Michigan, go check them out, bivouacboco.com. We, uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared, can't, tend o- to get lost J- a lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids. And you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have, you can download them onto the HuntWise platform so you're not, you can, give you it a try. can just hit the ground and you're not losing your research. Yeah. So go check this app out, HuntWise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and like I had to shoot a different arrow, would I shoot Vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight, and they have a – And then you customize the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, VectorCustomShop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. Uh, today we have some special guests from Altera, um, but I'm not going to introduce you, you guys. I'm going to let you guys introduce you and and a little bit about what you do. Drew, why don't you go ahead? I'm Drew Foster. I'm the founder of the company. And I'm Mike Swebert, and I handle marketing for Altera Arms. All right. Altera Arms. Uh, describe a little bit about what, what Altera Arms is and does and, and what you guys are about. Uh, sure, I'll kick off. Uh, so uh, we're a custom rifle manufacturer, um, and Drew started this company uh, a number of years ago. Uh, I've been with them going on two years now. Um, I come from a background in the firearms industry. I've been in this industry for uh, 40 years. Yeah, I know I don't look that old. But, no, uh, you look young. I was I thinking mid-20s, yeah. late-20s maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that a lot. Yeah. But um, um, I was... Um, 
kind of uh, in, in a uh, twilight of my uh, professional career when uh, Drew and his father uh, gave me a call and wanted to see if I was interested in uh, marketing, helping them with marketing and their company. And uh, having been in this industry so long, I didn't know that I would want to get involved uh, with a custom rifle manufacturer. God knows there's a there's enough of them, right? All right. And, uh, but uh, but one last me. I all I so far sorry to interrupt. So far, all I can think of is one last dance. Have you seen the uh, the last yeah. dance? Like you got to do. You're coming back around. You're getting into the rifle industry one more time. One last dance. <laughs> Exactly. But, um, you know, they uh, they told me that they had something different and unique. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I gave them a listen. And uh, sure enough, uh, what I heard was really appealing. Uh, some of the uh, uh, technical advances that they've, they've made, the innovation that they made uh, um, in developing um, rifles that perform like Altera Arms performs. Sure. And uh, it... Um, it was it, it was such a cool deal that I just felt that um, this would be a great way to cap, cap off a long career is being a part of a company like Altera Arms. And uh, I can let Drew explain kind of uh, what's so special and unique about uh, about our products. Yeah. Yeah. So this whole company kind of started as a napkin table drawing. Of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and what we wanted to accomplish is trying to figure out what made one rifle accurate and another rifle inaccurate. And what we found is usually really accurate rifles were usually really heavy. Um, the tolerances that everything was machined to sure. were incredibly tight and they didn't work as well in field environments. So we started doing some prototyping testing and um, what we found was you needed those tight tolerances in order to control harmonics, in order to create a very accurate rifle. Yeah. Um, so we built a bunch of prototypes using existing actions and building parts to uh, test these theories. And basically what we came up with was a receiver design that had very loose tolerances when you needed it, when you're cycling it, yeah. and very tight tolerances uh, when it was in battery. Um, so, one thing led to the next, you know, where my original plan was to modify existing actions with this technology. Sure. Okay. And, and end up being too expensive or wouldn't, you know, end up being the same cost as buying that cheaper rifle. Yeah. And so we're like, well, I, I like this feature about this one or this feature about that one. And anyway, I'm like, well, we might as well just build our own receivers. And you know, with all of the features that we wanted that got the performance that we wanted out of it. And so then we started building receivers and we're like, well, there's, you know, you could have the best receiver in the world, but if you have a bad barrel or bad machine work, right. then it's going to make your stuff look bad anyway. So we're like, okay, let's figure out what, you know, chamber processes are that make that part of it really accurate. Um, and so we started building the whole rifles and then um, buying stocks and, you know, stocks take eight months to a year to order. And we're like, well, we don't even have a business if we can't get stocks, <laughs> like selling a Ferrari without wheels. Right. Of course. So we're like, okay, well, we could design our own that had, you know, more ergonomic, made people shoot better and had all the features that we wanted and figure out how to, you know, lay up carbon fiber and make a better product and less time that it would take us to order one yeah and anyway things have snowballed and now we're making our own barrels too 
Why not? So, I mean, you know, uh, to, nose to tail uh, operation. Uh, what's the um, what's the time it takes from from concept, you know, because you guys have I forgot how many models. Like from concept for a certain uh, rifle model, uh, napkin drawing to to finished product. What does that look like? So uh, depends on what you mean. Concept of new model. So. We've been at this for seven years, five years officially in business. First two years were just in R&D and prototyping. But to most of our models are just variations. They all have the same technology. Sure. Some are lighter and shorter, better for mountain hunting. Some are bigger and heavier and have, you know, fully adjustable. They're heavier. So they have, you know, they make you, they force you to shoot better. Yeah, um, but you're not going to want to pack it around in the woods. So they're basically kind of tailored towards um, the customer's need. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. So I got to ask you, your, what's your background? How, you know, like were you just a tinker? Uh, are you an engineer, a rifle guy? Like how'd you how'd you get to where you are? How are you? How'd you get here? Uh, so this is kind of strange. I actually have four degrees. Um, the I got a scholarship and anyway took a whole bunch of classes just randomly because i enjoy learning how stuff works i don't actually i you know i'm not even that big of a fan of shooting rifles but what interests me is what makes one better more accurate lighter performs better so i actually started off in the automotive industry and moved into like heavy equipment and i was you know what I learned from that and the concepts of that, um, I was able to apply a lot of those, uh, but it turns out my degrees were mostly in physics. Sure. I had to go look through 360 units of school to figure out what my degrees were. And most of them were physics. And then I ended up getting a bachelor's in finance. Why so not? yeah, it does seem, uh, yeah. I mean, actually with, with, if you have a finance degree in kind of the engineering, like what can't you do with, with those sure, two degrees? Right. That's pretty good combination interesting so you got into the rifle game and you thought like you said there, there are just ways this could be done better and, and that's that's really what what drove you what, what what made you think i need to be the guy to do it why why did you have to to be the one to, to take that step i don't that's a that's quite the question actually um because i, I could do it because <laughs> i could because you can that's a great uh, that's an acceptable <laughs> and, and answer it bothers me when I don't know the answer to something. Yeah. So I, I saw this dichotomy in the market again, you know, rifles that shoot well and heavy that are usually heavier and bulkier and ones that are lighter and usually don't shoot as well. So I had to figure out what made them, you know, I've been a hunter most of my life, mm -hmm. all my life. And I'm like, Hey, I want to build something that doesn't need to weigh 14 pounds in order for it to shoot. Well, right. And that's what we've accomplished. Yeah, and one of the uh, one of the patented designs that Drew came up with trip two is um, solving the riddle of the barrel connection to the receiver, sure. which is the weakest link. You know, if you could manufacture a receiver and barrel and bolt out of one piece of steel, you would you know there'd be virtually there'd be very little harmonics involved to it. But uh, that uh, barrel attachment system that he came up with, which is a uh, it's a dual, actually, a, a three points of contact, whereas the traditional rifles, you know, they screw in with threads. Yep. But um, what Drew came up with is he machined 
seating rings in the front and the rear of the threads of the barrel mm -hmm. and, and seating sleeves in the front and the rear of the threads inside the receiver. So when that screws in, the seating ring screws into the um, seating sleeves and you've got three points of contact holding that barrel uh, in position. So sure. it greatly reduces harmonics. Sure. And so um, that is really kind of the, the pat, it's a it's patented technology. So we talk about it, but that's really the key to the phenomenal accuracy that we're getting. And uh, Drew with his uh, physics background and the engineering and stuff and me, I'm just a marketing guy. It's like, dude, how do we explain this? And, you know, in how do we make an elevator pitch out sure. of this? You know, yep. the 30 second that. elevator pitch. Yep. Um, but but the truth of the matter is this innovation is what is the game changer in this in the uh, in the bolt action category, because, you know, again, when I first heard about it, it's like they've done everything it could possibly do to improve the bolt action rifle. It's been here for 100 years. Yeah. There's nothing left to do. He did it. Yeah. And so I said, OK, that's great. But how how does it help me as the hunter, the shooter? And at the end of the day, what these rifles do and we absolutely 100% unconditionally uh, money back guarantee it. They will shoot our custom loads sub quarter inch. Yep. They'll shoot factory loads sub half inch. There's no significant change in accuracy or point of impact if you change different bullet weights. And think about for that a minute. Wait, wait, let me stop you there. Say that again. There's no significant change in accuracy or point of impact when you change bullet weights. You can shoot a Let's take a 30 caliber 308. Yep. You shoot 150 grain bullet or 180 grain bullet, and there's going to be minimal change in accuracy or point of impact. So you're saying I don't have to adjust my drop. You have to. So point of impact, you get some change, but it's it's, it's mitigated. Minimum. Okay. And for a yeah, guy well, like me, that really is it's it's negligible because I'm not out there shooting, you know, half a mile or anything crazy. Right. But, you know, there's some some people that would, uh, you know, want to take a lighter weight bullet for on their deer hunt. And yeah. then after they kill their deer, they want to hunt elk. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, I got to find another load for, my, you know, my elk load. There's just very little change. And then, of course, the fourth uh, the fourth thing is the reliability, as Drew explained, yeah. uh, by patenting the, uh, the the receiver with the tolerances. Um, it's, you know, short of filling the action with concrete. It's not going to fail to cycle. So there's no other rifle manufacturer on the planet that can guarantee, again, quarter minute, sub quarter minute with our custom loads, sub half minute with factory loads, no significant change of accuracy or impact when you change uh, different bullet weights and it won't fail to cycle. And that's what brought me on board. Yeah, wow. And uh, you take the gun, you know, because here's the deal. Our guns, you know, by the time we get them out the door, you know, with optics and everything on it, a guy could spend seven, eight, nine thousand dollars on it or more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's a huge risk. And we don't feel that our consumers should should shoulder the burden uh, 100 percent of that risk. And so and believe me, I, again, having been into this industry as long as I have these cl this claim that we're making, that is a pretty amazing claim. And it's like. Man, that's almost too good to be true. It's right. like, yeah, well, it is. And we guarantee it. Jeez. Try it for 90 days. If you don't like it, send it back and we'll fund your money. Send it to me. And, you know, and, but I do want, you know, I do want everybody to understand our rifles are capable of doing this. We send the targets to prove it. Uh, but understand, shooting a quarter minute group is a tough, yeah. tough yeah. for anybody.
and we shoot we all these guns that we uh, that go out the door. We test fire them, certify them outdoors, prone okay. or on a bench. Wow. We don't have an indoor range at this time. We hope to have one soon. But uh, so it's really remarkable what these rifles will do. But, um, you know, shooting a quarter minute, uh, you know, I, I, I liken that to, uh, you know, the guys at the, the Ferrari dealerships says, hey, our, our Ferrari will drive 250 miles an hour. That doesn't mean you can safely drive it. <laughs> But, uh, but it so can. I, I do, I do want to just, you know, just make sure that, um, you know, your listeners understand that, um, um, you know, it doesn't instantly make you a quarter minute shooter. You're not but Olympic. The rifles, the rifles are able to do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that that's actually a good, good point. Um, you're saying minute of angle. Explain for somebody listening what that means. What you're, what you're like, what is the reference that your point, uh, point that you're talking about? So, a minute of angle is a measurement, an angular uh, unit of measurement. So essentially, a minute of angle is very close to a one-inch group at 100 yards. Yep. So a minute is a 60th of a degree. Yep. So when we say a quarter minute, that means a quarter-inch group. Yeah. Half minute is a half-inch group. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and and it, it's interesting you know, you're talking about different loads and, and it being okay, the gun being okay with handling different loads. Um, I was just out uh, sh- uh, shooting one of my rifles and it doesn't like 180, it's a 300, doesn't like 180 uh, or it doesn't like 200 and it likes 180 for some reason. And it's frustrating when you go out and you buy a crap load of bullets, uh, which aren't cheap right now, that don't shoot great out of your super expensive rifle. And just to find out that, well, you need to go find another one now after you, you've blown a couple, you know, hundred bucks or so on, on ammo at the very least. It's, that's exactly right. And, and that's always the trick again, you know, all the years of this industry and I chased accurate, I was an accuracy freak for a long time. I chased accuracy and, you know, you're, you're very fortunate to find one, maybe two loads that your rifle actually likes. Right. And uh, that's an accomplishment. And then you, man, you don't change anything from that. It's right. Like, it's I'm, not clean, I'm not even going to clean my gun. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's what is so fascinating and brought me on board with Altera is um, it won't shoot everything. I mean, sure. you know, no rifle will, but um, you know, we've got uh, a client of ours out in California, uh, Ryan Newkirk. Um, he took five different boxes of factory ammunition, two different grain, wing, grain bullets, and shot three shot groups, um, actually six boxes. So it was 18 rounds and it was just one ragged hole, you know? And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just phenomenal what these rifles do. And uh, so, you know, uh, if, if, a, if a guy out there is looking for, you know, something that he can pull out of the box and have confidence in going out and, you know, hunting with, um, you know, I think, uh, I think our, our rifles are the one for him. Well, and especially, you know, for, for the average hunter, uh, you, I mean, you have to mess around with every part of your gear. There's so much messing around. And then finding your spot, figuring out you're learning how the deer or elk move and where they are. You got to figure out your pack and if you're a tree stand hunter, what your favorite, all this figuring out. Um, and so to take a little bit off that, off the plate of the hunter, so, you know, less messing around with different weight bullets and I mean, like you said, uh, it's expensive. Rifle rifles are expensive. Hunting is expensive, and if you can take some of that off the plate, make that easier for somebody. I mean, that that right there, as a hunter, speaking as a hunter myself, that that is a, a huge selling point. Right. 
huge selling point. So no, but I'm I'm the kind of guy I don't change loads for deer. If I'm hunting deer or elk, I'm going to use the same one. Might as well uh, you know, just if I if I like it, I stick with it. Uh and so that that's kind of my approach, especially if it's deer. If I'm over I'm overgunned, I guess you could say for deer. I'm okay with that for the most part. It's just less tracking for me. Uh right. So yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people would uh, you know, question too. It's like you know, how accurate of a rifle do I need? I mean, you know, I've got to hit a 10 inch kill zone, uh, eight to 10 inch kill zone on a deer at hundred yards. I mean, how accurate does it need to be? And, um, you know, my response to that is, well, let's say that, you know, something happens and you miss that, miss the vitals on that animal and it runs off to five or 600 yards. And you, that's the only chance you have to collect that animal. Uh, and you know, you've got an obligation Yes. to be able to ethically put that animal down. And so I want a rifle uh, that's capable of doing that. And, you know, our rifles, uh, you know, we have guys that have shot animals at, in excess of a thousand yards. Uh, we, we posted a video yesterday on our, uh, on our YouTube of one of our clients that shot, uh, killed a nice mule deer at 900 yards. Unreal. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of people that say, question the ethics of that. But uh, if you have the right equipment and you have the training and are able to do it, then uh, then it's as ethical as anything else. Well, we spend a lot of time. I mean, prior to we, we've become the fair chase set relatively recently up to this point. We were we were bow hunting focused mm-hmm. um, till for the you know, for the past couple of years. Um, and this is something that's come up for us a lot. What's your ethical range with your with your bow? And one guy is like, well, I shot this deer at 50 yards and you'll see comments flooding in that say well that's unethical i can't believe you'd shoot a deer at that distance or i've got a recurve and i shot a 30 yard shot in a deer or whatever it is um but like you said if you've got the gear for it and you've practiced and you're good enough um it's kind of a personal kind of a personal question i would think right yeah exactly right and everybody's you know uh limit you know everybody has their own limits you know i mean one guy may be comfortable at only shooting at 100 or 150 yards okay. where another guy may only be comfortable shooting or is comfortable shooting up to a thousand, you know, who, who, who are us to judge. But again, I come back to um, if you are that guy that's only comfortable of shooting at 150 yards, you wound the animal and he's now standing out there at 400, 500, 600 yards. Yep. And you only got one more crack at it. You better have the tools to do to the tool you need to do that. Well, we've all had that, that kind of horror story where you, you shoot and maybe you're a good shot. I, I remember when I was young, so I'm from Michigan and, uh, the tradition here is you turn, uh, 14 and you get your lever action, 30, 30, uh, and you hit the Northern Michigan woods. And which is what I did. I got my, my dad's rifle and shot a couple deer, but I was out once. Um, and I shot at a doe and I hit a branch that I didn't see right hit it in the leg felt awful it was in the snow i spent the rest of the day tracking it down to to put it down i just felt so horrible that i blew it so bad but you know to your point if you're hunting in the mountains you take a shot and it's a wounded animal if you can take a follow-up shot maybe it's a couple hundred yards further now you have the equipment to do it and you're like well you're doing your ethic you're fulfilling your ethical responsibility the way i see it that way right exactly so uh what You've done this for seven years. Uh, what What are the uh, I, I I have a an idea what you're going to say, but I want to ask anyways. What's the uh, What are the trendy uh, calibers that you're seeing right now? Six five PRC, three hundred PRC, 
Yeah. Eight Nosler. That's our top three right there. The the six five is I see it. Everybody everybody talks about that. Uh, I I'm a three hundred man myself just because I feel like it's pretty universal in terms of hunting in, in northern uh, North America. But what 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 are you guys shooting? Uh, I shoot, uh, I've shot a 300 Win Mag for um, the last, uh, wow, 30 years. Yeah. I've hunted from Alaska to Africa with it. Uh, sometimes I feel like it's a little much. Sometimes I feel like maybe it's a little light, but uh, for an all around, uh, all around rifle, uh, it's, I think it's an amazing round. Yeah. Drew, you shoot whatever's available. Well, whatever's available. <laughs> Usually, as soon as you shoot something, someone wants to buy it out of my hand. So. <laughs> it's not a bad problem. You're like the uh, a great spokesman that way, I guess. Yeah, that's right. interesting. I I, I I felt the same way. 300 is a little big for for the white-tailed deer here, but at the same time, it's a lot less blood trail uh, tracking yeah. I have to do. Um, I uh, had a stand. At, um, my, my wife and I had an outfitting company for a while, and and um, we would get a lot of folks from from back east that are you know coming out for their first western mule deer or antelope or elk hunt or whatever, and, and they would ask me, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to buy a new rifle for this hunt. What caliber should I get? And I go, well, what do you shoot back there? 270 Winchester. Do you shoot it well? Yeah. Then bring it. You yep. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, if you're looking for an excuse to buy another rifle, I'll, I'll throw a caliber out there. <laughs> right. You know, if you need to, everybody needs more guns. But, um, you know, to me, um, you know, bullet placement is, is much more key mm-hmm. than the actual bullet itself and the caliber. Yeah. Um, I spent 13 years with uh, with Weatherby uh, doing their marketing, and and we would always get that. Uh, the, my favorite Weatherby caliber was the 240 Weatherby. And they're sure. like, man, don't you, need, don't you need a 300? And it's like... I would rather shoot a bull elk through the lungs with a 240 Weatherby than gut shoot one with a 460. Weatherby. Right, <laughs> right. Any day of the week. So that's just kind of my slant on it. Well, it's shoot, a, you know, shoot what you can shoot well. Exactly. Same goes for archery and in any other any other thing. If you're accurate, you, you don't need as much uh, oomph as you as you think. Um, that right. being said, a little extra is it, uh, helps with some margin. Of, it you know f- makes up for some of the margin of error that you get out there. Sure. And that's when you get into that, that deal where if you wound an animal, you want something with enough energy to knock it down at, you know, five or 600 yards. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Absolutely. So, um, this year has been an interesting year. Last year was an interesting year, uh, COVID and supply chain issues. How has that affected you guys and ammunition availability? What's that look like, uh, for Altera? Uh, do you want to take this one? Or is this is, <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm supposed to be the design guy, but me and uh, Todd, our GM, are 50% procurement people. Sure. Um, it helps that we're so vertically integrated because mm-hmm. a lot of this, the raw material is still there. Yeah, I can still buy, you know, 416 stainless round bar to make our receivers from and 4140 chrome ollie to make our bolts from and that kind of stuff but ammunition has definitely been a challenge uh mike and dan have been a huge help and all their contacts in the industry and you know horse trading and that kind of thing to try and you know you need rifle we need ammo let's make something happen so well i I actually i got a call the other day and said you need to get downtown drew is on the corner with a cup and a sign that says i'm not homeless i need primers It was an embarrassing moment. Yeah. But it's, man. You got to do what you got to do, though. You know, and if panhandling is the way to do it, you got you to do what you got to do. But it's, uh, 
it's a constant battle for us and everybody's in the same boat and not even everybody in every industry. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, we're building a house right now. We can't get, uh, we can't get windows. Um, A friend of mine uh, needed new tires for his Jeep. He can't get the tires, you know, so it's across the board, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, it seems like it's just the new, the new normal and uh, it makes it tough. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm doing a house build too. And uh, glue for the floor has been a thing finding glue for the floor. Uh, I was supposed to be in, in June, uh, July, mid July, and I'm hoping by November. So uh, not my favorite, but that's the world that we're living in right now. So. Well, our, our president uh, just walked in. That's Dan back there. Hello, Dan. Dan, hi there. Say hi to James. Oh, Dan's coming in. Yep, I'm rolling in. So rolling just, in. Just, so, hey, so it's a wrap. Thanks very much. Oh. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Well, uh, I think, James, you're in uh, Lowell, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm building a house in Holland, so we can swing by and catch up and, uh, you know, if we want to continue the podcast. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm from uh, Whitehall, Michigan area. So, okay. Yeah, so I can just swing up anytime you want. That are you serious? Are you you're I that's hilarious. You're in Idaho right he, he now commutes. though. He commutes. Yeah, long drive. Long <laughs> drive in. Yeah. yeah. You, what part of Idaho are you guys based in? In Boise in the south southern part of Idaho. Beautiful. I love Idaho. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful state and um I think Dan would move out here, but his fiance may not. So uh, we we're lucky to have him every other week out here. Yeah, she she wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's uh, you know I spend a week here, week home, week here. So I'm on and off and everything. It it works out pretty well. Um, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's a lot of fun to do it. So well, Michigan is a pretty good sportsman state. I mean, it's not the West with elk and mule deer and everything else, but we've got good hunting, a lot of yep. hunting to do. Uh, yeah, and the the deer hunting seems to be getting better here. Uh, I love ours; they're helping up north. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I've been hunting in Ionia a little bit, um, which is one of the four point on a side APR zones, and Macosta County, which is one of the other. There's only like three or four in the state that are f- true four on the side. There's a couple of three right. in the side too. And man, uh, I my first time out I took my recurve out, and I sent an arrow right over the back of a, a big old Michigan eight point. So, uh, uh, it's at least good to see. I've seen a lot of more bucks this year than I've ever seen, which is really encouraging. Uh, for years you would go, you'd see maybe a, a buck or two an entire season. Uh, unless you're like out shining at night. Every 80, 80 inch basket rack deer was shot. Exactly. So, it makes yeah. a big difference. And you know, I, I, I'm a huge, we've talked about this in the podcast a lot, but the APR zones are big. Um, the earn a buck that Wisconsin, some people don't like that, but it did work really well, I, I think, yeah. um, out there too. So yeah, I mean, you, you got to pass. My brother was out. He saw a, a nice six point, uh, mm-hmm. but couldn't shoot it. And so uh, props to him for letting it walk because that's not always an easy thing to do, especially when it's right in front of you, you know? Yeah, for sure. So you're, well, uh, you're every other week. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, how's the travel? How's that? I, it's not too bad. It, get up about four o'clock in the morning, hop on a plane, and uh, usually get here about one thirty, two o'clock in the afternoon on Monday. And yep. Usually get back to, to Michigan at about 10 p.m. on Friday, and, you know, it, it works out pretty well. Fly so. right into Grand Rapids? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's and, not you know, bad. Nice airport. The thing about the Grand Rapids airport, you can show up. I, I, for prior job, I, I did a lot of traveling and I could show up like 
20 minutes before the airplane took off and usually was pretty okay uh but if you do that and like o'hare or anything else you're you're gonna for sure miss your flight i I usually have to check a bag because nine times out of ten i'm carrying things i can't (laughs) carry on so i'm usually 30 minutes before the boarding time i go anything more than that i'm just wasting time right yeah that's awesome so and you fly what is does boise have its an airport right in in town yeah okay that's cool five, 10 minutes from the shop and, uh, just head on over here and have fun. Excellent. So you know, we were talking when you, you came in, um, about kind of the, the, the uh, difficulties that COVID and the fallout have had on supply chain and everything else. Has that slowed down, uh, development of new product or, or testing or anything like that? Has that made that more difficult? Uh, in my opinion, it, it hasn't slowed down development of new products or, or the testing. Yeah. You want to launch a product right now in, in a marketplace that we're struggling to deliver the current product, sure. right? Yep. So, you know, it's, I think uh, us and probably a lot of companies out there, we, we didn't, we don't stop innovating ever for any reason. Sure. It's just, when are the market conditions right to bring a product to market so you can deliver it because you don't want to, you don't want to announce something and then not be able to deliver it for a year. I mean, that's, yeah brutal no one wants that so um you know it, it will things probably start showing up quicker here in you know eight to ten months well yeah of course you know that everyone's going to get you know in more of a normal flow of things and stuff uh, will start coming more um but uh you know yeah we we will never stop innovating um we'll always be charging forward whether it's a rifle platform or technologies that we're looking to improve on um you know some of the adjacent product categories that we want to slide into uh there's there's a lot of really really positive things coming down the pike that's exciting yeah we we do we do some work with um other companies in the industry uh with social media and stuff and that that's been a big thing just delivering um and running out of product i mean i think a lot of their stuff is sitting on a ship uh outside of california right now along with a lot of other people's other stuff too maybe the Jeep tires and the glue and, and all the things that we've been looking for. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that is hilarious. I had a buddy who, um, who and on his house had a, re- did a replacement for all the windows. It took eight, 10 months to get it all in. By the time it got here, they were the, all the wrong windows. And so he had one that fit and all the rest are the old ones still. And so that's, that's just a kick right in the head. Uh, yeah. And especially for, for, I mean, that's a minor inconvenience for most, um, consumers but for the the manufacturers and the, the the producers that's that's a bit bigger of a deal yeah that's interesting that's exciting so um you know we talked a little bit about you know rifles and and what you guys do but do you do you guys have any big hunts coming up this year or any any big plans for i know gun season is starting to open up out west uh what are you guys looking at doing this year well uh everybody all the guys in the shop are avid hunters yeah. and uh, they're out hunting and are our general manager also does some guiding. He's out guiding. Um, so uh, Drew and I, we're kind of focusing on working. Dan's <laughs> going to do a little bit of bit of hunting there in Michigan, but uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a bit of a quiet uh, quiet fall. We got to make sure the shop keeps running well. And you know, all the young guys in the shop, man, they're passionate hunters, and uh, yeah. um, we're gonna we're gonna let them go out and, and do their thing what they really enjoy and just kind of cover for them someone's got to keep the lights on you know exactly. but if you're out hunting you, the way we talk about it is you're just generating content 
and you know, <laughs> right? And and content is king these days, and and so you, you got to do it. Uh, so that's Amen. that's very cool. Now we've got some some cool rifle uh, hunts coming up, uh, even just in Michigan, uh, coming up yeah. here. So as, uh, November fifteenth is a big day uh, oh. for, for everybody in Michigan. Yeah, that's a national holiday. Yep. Do you have school? Uh, you're in. You said you're Whitehall. Do you guys have school on November fifteenth? Uh, we did. Um, some of the ones just north of us uh, did not. But I mean, I, by the time that I graduated, it wasn't as, I guess, acceptable to uh, to take school off for hunting. <laughs> well, so. I. I uh, I lived out east. I went to law school out east, and I would tell. First of all, the uh, concept of hunting out of a tree blew people's mind out there. That you'd climb up a tree, and, oh, yeah. and the idea that you'd take a day off of school—that uh, the school was okay with it for hunting—people just could not wrap their head heads around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I, we, where I went to school, um, out in kind of Cutlerville, Caledonia area, we we had school, uh, but. I didn't go. My dad was a pastor, and so uh, long as if it didn't fall on Sunday, uh, we could we could find a way to to make it up north and, and do a little hunting up there. Yep. So, well, that's cool. Um, so you guys have big some big hunts coming. You guys are still working on product. Um, where if if people are looking to build buy a this is these are custom rifles, um, and you you do a lot of this online. How, how does that process work? You know, say I want to I want to get a you know a new three hundred. Uh, how do I go about buying something from Altera? So the, the, there's three main ways, right? The first and the easiest way is probably to uh, hop on our website, alterarms.com. Yep. Um, you'll click the rifles tab. As you drop down through it, you'll see all the different platforms. Yep. Um, so you can explore through that. Uh, we have a configurator on there. So as you go through and you make your selections, whether it's the uh, the caliber, the stock color, the metal color, the trigger, the muzzle brake, all those different things. Um, as you make those changes, you're going to see that gun come to life right above the changes. Yeah. So you can see a, a photo rendering of, of what your rifle will look like. Um, and then you can either check out there, uh, process through a credit card on the website, um, or you can give me a call on, on my phone number there. Um, and I can walk you through the build process. I mean, it's, you know, the, these rifles are an investment, right? Yeah. Like this is a big decision for people to make and we appreciate that. So I'm, I'm always willing to hop on the phone and answer questions from any of the consumers, uh, and help them really get the rifle that they want, yeah. you know, whether it's customizing length of pole to make sure that's right. Uh, they may want a little bit different barrel length. Um, there's definitely some options that we have when we go through that. Um, and, and we make sure that they can do that. Uh, we do have, we have a couple dealer options. Uh, um, so they're, they're starting, we're starting to do that. Um, I'd say the, you know, the main point is, is going to be, uh, online and, and through the phone as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, a lot of the, uh, direct to consumer, uh, is a handy way to do it. I would imagine, you know, for, for profit margins too, for, for you guys. Well, it is, but it, it, you know, it also, it gives us a very uh, concierge type feel with our, our consumers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm very much of the mindset that I want them to be very happy with this rifle. Yeah. So I have no problem taking the time to, to really get this right for them. Yeah. Well, and like you said, I mean, rifles and I, I see optics, um, binoculars and stuff are almost um, legacy pieces that you have. Um, compound bows, not so much. 
I shoot a recurve that I that I feel like I could I could kind of hand down. Uh, but so so if you're really investing in something that's supposed to last possibly your your lifetime, um, for uh, you take some time to get it right. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've got, I've done it both ways. I, I've, you know, I've got good gear and I've gotten things like I've got this 22. That's just a crappy 22 that I bought that I probably won't be handing down to anybody because it won't last that long. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's good to have somebody out there. That's like you said, more of a concierge, uh, more of a, a personalized uh, custom approach where they're helping you specifically. It's not like you're just going to Cabela's and grabbing something off the wall. Mm-hmm. <coughs> That's excellent. Well, okay, so I, I we're coming up on time here, but I, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, for people who want to buy a rifle uh, or maybe follow along on social media, how do they find you guys? Well, you can find us at uh, alterarms.com, and uh, I'm not sure when you're going to uh, go live with this broadcast, but uh, um, just a little scoop for your for your uh, viewers. We're, uh, we have Altera TV uh, that is live right now on the website. We haven't announced it yet. We're going to announce it in the next few days. Perfect. Uh, but uh, they could go to uh, alterarms.com and then uh, go to Altera TV tab. And there you can find um, a number of videos that talk about our, our technology and using animation to demonstrate it. Um, so I'd encourage them to check out the video, the Altera difference to see just what our rifles are all about. And uh, of course, then follow us on the on the on the normal Instagram and, and Facebook as well. Yeah, I think you sent a video to me, right? That was one of the videos. Yeah, it's really helpful. It helps helps me help me understand exactly what the difference the difference makers were. What what set set Altera apart? Um, no, I appreciate you guys, all three of you coming on. I'm sorry I don't have my co-host here. This is actually the last week for people who are listening that I'll be doing this solo. Uh, I like to have a partner with me, uh, you know, but sometimes you just got to carry the team on my broad shoulders alone. So, so if Jared, if you're listening to this, deal with it. He's, he's the co-host here. So, All right, guys. Well, thank you again for, for doing this. I really appreciate your time. You bet. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Bye. Have a good one. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really helps us out. keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star Either way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it, five stars. That'd helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.